Well, Faye, what have you got for us? Two families looking for a new home go to an isolated open house. But when they find a girl with no tongue, they soon discover they can't leave. Well, I guess you know what they say. Family is hell. This sounds like a job for Prime Scene Investigation. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of I Spit on Your Grades presents Prime Scene Investigation. I am your host, Chris. I am joined, as always, by Faye. Howdy. And Mercer. Pleasure to be here. How are we both? Are we both very well? I'm <clears throat> fine. I'm fine. See you? I'm good, thank you. We both sound full of the joys of spring. That's what you get for recording on a Sunday evening, I suppose. Truth. Truth that. True about Trish. True about Trish, exactly. Before we dive into today's treat, not all trying to put it off for as long as humanly possible. What have we been watching? Mercer, you've, you've already got a litany of films you've been watching. What have you been watching recently? I've been doing a bit of a mix of like old school and new stuff again. So like I'm trying to, you know, watch a, quite a few of the films from the 50s and 60s. And I don't know why I'm doing it because quite mm-hmm. frankly, they're all fucking useless. Yeah, they're all terrible, uh, what I've been watching. Um but some, some terrible in a funny way. So I watched one called um, The Hands of a Stranger about a piano player who has the hands of a serial killer attached to him. It's the most melodramatic acted film I've ever seen in my life. And there's a brother and sister in it. And I swear to God, the banging. That's nothing. The worst one committed incestuously, weirdly implied relation ever belongs to... Uh, Strangers Pray at Night. That's the one. Thank you, Eric. Could not remember the name of the film there. The father-daughter relationship in that is just fucking bizarre. I don't really remember. I don't remember their relationship. I'm going to have to give it another watch just to see. But yes, I've been watching some old stuff. Then I've watched some stuff that like, I feel is a fail-safe just to like keep myself happy. So I watched The Facilitator, also known as Guinea Pigs. Oh, I uh, love that film. Yeah, it's really it's, good. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's it's the girl out of um, Descent, in it? Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's like loads of fun. It's not loads of fun at all. It's actually quite grim, but it's yeah, loads of fun. What else? Um, oh, Fright Night Part 2. I watched that today. The original Fright Night Part 2. Jerry um, Dandridge's sister. Yeah. There's a scene in that film that I was so looking forward to that doesn't exist. It's a scene. It's two scenes that I put together. Do you know the guy on the roller skates? Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, there's a scene where he roller skates up to someone and slices his stomach open and all these maggots fall out. That doesn't happen. Uh-huh. That's two different scenes <laughs> that I was so excited for. And it got right to, like, halfway to, like, nearly to the end of the film. I'm like, Why, where's his maggot, his stomach maggots? And then someone else has stomach maggots. I did that myself today with Hairspray. Because um, I thought at the end of Hairspray... Michelle Pfeiffer's head like goes up in smoke or her hair sets on fire. But that's from the original one, isn't it? I thought it did as well. Yeah, I'm sure it's from the original. Yeah, no, but, yeah. She's got a bomb in her hair, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she had in this in the remake, I can't remember. She doesn't. She doesn't. She just trotters off no. quietly. Pathetic. Yeah. And then 
just to round everything off, I did watch Twin Peaks Firework Fire with me because I love David Lynch. I love Twin Peaks. And it's one of the few films that has a scene that scares me in. So. The, which which scene? The crawling it's, scene, the Bill crawling scene. Bob, sorry, yeah. Yeah, when he's crawling into the bedroom. Or just mm. his face terrifies me. So, yeah, it's been all right. Film oh. wise. A lot of shit old stuff, though. Do you want to go next, Chris? Yeah, well, considering we've been watching mostly the same. We haven't. Same stuff. Lucky you sit there watching films all day rather than working, but that's. That's not here for, the, for the purposes of my employers, that is not the case. Thank you. Watched a few bits because I had a week off. Well, we had a week off, so... Yes. Watched a few different bits and pieces. Nothing, not loads of horror lists. We, I watched False Positive, the Pierce Brosnan... Yeah, it was all right. Woman from George City, whose name was completely abandoned. Mid- and Justin Theroux as it's, well. It's... It's perfectly, perfectly fine. Perfectly we're very much. It's more like drama, more like a a hallmark family drama movie than a. Uh, it's it's Rosemary's Baby, but medical. It's like Rosemary's Baby meets Hallmark. Yeah. Watch Choose or Die, the new Netflix original. All well. right. Good premise. Just. Did we not discuss this before? Choose or Die. No, because we the last the last point we recorded last episode. For everyone listening to this, I'm sure they love us to go through the admin. The last thing we actually covered was X that we watched when we actually last recorded. That was the last okay. up-to-date thing. But non-horror, non-horror-wise, do need to give a shout-out to Metal Lords on mm-hmm. Netflix as well, which is like School of... I think it's a School of Rock with Metal. That's not it at all. It is. No, because no, it's, much, it's, much it's much nastier than School of Rock is. School yeah, of school of a nice family comedy. This has got this has got general proper na- proper nastiness and so it's good, it's uh, good anyway. It's good. It's really good. it's like a coming of age heavy metal film. Really, really good. And also the excellent boiling point, which was amazing. Stephen, yes, with Stephen Graham, with which very not a great deal actually happens really in action wise, but the. The story just attentionally just ratcheted up through the whole thing. I think I said to you, Mercer, um, as as an ex industry worker, it will trigger completely. It's mental. Um, again, nothing much happens, but fantastic all around. Do you want to briefly go through what you've been watching? Yes, I'll briefly go through it. I'm being censored. Um, so I took a leaf out of your book and I revisited League of Gentlemen Apocalypse, which is still just as amazing as it ever was. And it's probably been about 10 years since I watched it, but still knew every line. I'm so sad. Um, revisited some old ones like Hairspray, uh, Bridesmaid, and 1408, because it was on Netflix. Um, 1408 is fantastic and should be revisited any opportunity. And finally, a new one uh, to conclude the um, Rob Zombie trilogy, I guess, Three from Hell, which got oh. oh man, it got a bad rep, but I thought it fit in perfectly. It had a balance of between House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. House of a Thousand Corpses in terms of the in terms of the going to Mexico and it being all Cinco de Mayo and stuff. Um, but obviously the nastiness that comes from Devil's Rejects. So I really enjoyed it. Hmm. <laughs> and that's what I was watching. Cool. <laughs> We should really have a jingle for this is what I was watching segment. If only we knew somebody could write a jingle. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother the unique oh, spectacularly <laughs> talented Mitch Bain again for uh, 
anything he already gave himself for YouTube, which is amazing. Oh, this is... <sighs> no, see, normally you can expect this from you, Faye, or you, Mercer, when you're introducing a film to discuss any point. But for me, to start with that, buckle in, everyone. <laughs> this is not, not going to be pretty. Oh. Okay, so the privacy investigation, we are going back to 2012 and director, writer, or writer, director, if you prefer, Eric Hertz, The Wrong House, or House and Inn, the give it its alternative title. Mercer, I know you thought he was called Eric Hunt, which gave us a whole slew of intro. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, we were robbed of such a name. We were, we were robbed. He can't even get that right. He can't even <laughs> give us... You couldn't, you couldn't even give us that. To briefly run through this synopsis for what it's worth, two two families are made aware of a house coming onto the market. A house in the middle of nowhere with 75 acres or so of land around it. I don't know who has a house, even the US. Americans. 75 acres of land around it. But either way, they both, they both families arrive at the property, have a look around it, and find that when they go to leave, they just come back to the front door. And then weird kind of time loop slash haunting paranoia slash family collapse slash he watched a bunch of films before making which what he's going for entails and happens I'll start (laughs) off with a positive so when they rock up to this house it isn't actually shown around by an agent you press a box and it basically gives you like a tour of the house which I would love to be a thing because there is nothing more awkward than having somebody show you around the house. And we've seen a lot of houses recently because we're house up in the south. And there is nothing more painful than having to pretend you're interested in the carpets. And oh, them blinds are nice. Although I do go over top and that sort of stuff. Can I just get this straight in the face? So the positive about this film is that it has something in it that you think should be in the real world. It's yes. not really about the film at all, is it? Someone's come up with that idea. I mean, unless that's how Americans do it generally. I imagine if you're in the middle of nowhere, yeah, why would you have a real estate agent drive out to property? I do actually have a positive. It lasted for all of, like, what, three seconds? The very opening sequence for the girl running through the wood. I thought, oh, this could be good. And then we had some acting come in. And the very first person who opened the mouth, I was like, what the fuck is it? I thought, do you remember, um, so UK viewers, Eldorado, UK viewers, UK listeners might remember something called Eldorado, or like, you know, like, Sosefito. do you know them really shitty kind of TV soap operas that are just slammed together? That's what it felt like to me immediately. I was just like, these, these are not good. So n- not not at all in retaliation for me liking something that doesn't exist in the real world. Can we just confirm that it takes someone running through a woods to impress you in a film? The opening shot where it's all kind of greyed out and kind of dark, and she's just stumbling through, battered. It's not the worst. It's not the worst shot. And I know you look at me as if I'm just siding with that. It's perfectly. That shot is perfectly fine. It's you do watch scene. I go okay. So this is the kind of film. Again, we don't get that film at all, but... No. Well, and that's the problem with it. It's fine because it does create a, an interesting setup because we don't know what kind of film we're going to get. 
So I thought it was like from that moment, I genuinely thought it was going to be like a, you know, um, like a hunting kind of humans film or something like that. You read the synopsis, right? Well, even that kind of tumbling, that kind of tumbling through kind of bad. I know, I know, we mean to say it can do that kind of thing, or you can get an Evil Dead kind of vibe from it with that forest that she's battered and of a house in the middle of the woods. And you go, yeah, okay, right. So I know. I think I've got a sense of what his look he's going for. Okay, we've now been talking about the opening shot for about three minutes because we know what's to come next. I like the song on the credits at the end. <laughs> it's the whole thing suffers from a messiness. I think that's the problem, and it's it starts pretty much straight away that confusion. And I'd like to think that that's been intentionally done to com- to confuse the viewer, but. No, I just don't think it knows where it wants to be. I think it's literally gone for <clears throat> generic kind of plot points as well. So, do you know, like we've got the the daughter who doesn't like her new stepmom, and then we've got the other family who've lost a child. It's like all kind of typical tropes that we see. It is, it is very, um, it is very Andrew. Um, it is very much cut, uh, very much going, oh, Stacy or whatever, you know. Whatever your name is. Come on, we've got to go. Turn off your music. Turn off your Wi-Fi. And she's like, are you like my real mom? And that's, that's the beat. And that's pretty much the standard we, yeah. we set the entire film with their relationship. The relationship between the stepmom and the daughter is, like, really bizarre as well. Like, like the hatred that, like, even the stepmom's got for the daughter. It's like, like, why did you even marry him? Like, if you despise his daughter that much and you just don't want to be a part of her life, yeah, when she's a teenager. Why did you even marry him? Why are you even involved in this relationship? I've tried hard to find a positive for these things. But I, don't, I don't want to be overly negative for these these films. But it just starts off really, really dull. And it doesn't get... Even when I try to ratchet things up, it rarely, rarely moves between walking pace in terms of excitement. I'll, I'll explain how... How long I found it. I fell asleep. Fell asleep the first time I watched. I watched this in two goes. I fell asleep as is my normal behaviour when I'm watching a film late at night. Same. So dozed, dozed off. Woke up. Put on or put on the, a week or so later because busy takes time to get around to these things. Went right. Okay. So I must have been must have been at least an hour in. Hour and ten minutes in when I fell asleep. So get the last half hour watched. No. 45 minutes into the film. I always know when I'm really having a terrible time because I do a time check uh, and I always jot it down. And I, I did time check at 50 minutes and realised I still had over 50 minutes left. Oh. I just thought, why? Why? What else is this film? Like, what's it going to do? What is it going to do in these, like, 50 minutes? Like, we could finish in five minutes' time. You, you, could, have had, you could have had this whole film as, like, a half an hour, 40-minute show, either... It would have worked just as standardly as it did, but you wouldn't have dragged it out for an hour and 40 minutes. So I know we've done the synopsis. I think we should just be like a little clear with the storyline, which is we've got the two opposing families coming to this house. They both arrive. For some reason, oh, the real the realtor's not there. So one of the families drive down the road to get a number. And then as they drive back up, they see a young girl in the road, they miss her, they pick her up, they take her back to the house, 
They try and explain to this other family what's happened. And then they realise that she's not got a tongue, um, which is hysterical because there's a this the son from the other family just randomly screams, This is so fucked up in the worst, worst acting I think I've ever seen in any movie in my entire life. If I'm not mistaken at that point also, he's seen it happen and it takes him about ten minutes to react to the fact. So there's like this whole time that goes past before he even comments on it. It's like you know your timings, man. And he doesn't just say it. There's like a, a like the, that them kind of dramatic turn away from camera. This is so fucked up. I hated it. At, at that point, honestly, it was at that point I did literally just want to message you guys and go, "Can we say like there was a problem with this film <laughs> and change it?" I think we could say there were many problems with this film. <laughs> then I think the concept does have a little bit of interestingness. Interestingness is that a word? The idea interesting. Is interesting. Yeah. It's very like, you know, it's it's like a Twilight Zone episode or something, or where he's gone, oh, we this this family can't escape. Or these families. And I kind of like the fact that, you know, we had them going round and no matter what, they ended up back at the house. Mm. But they did that scene for about twenty minutes or something. No, they did it like ten times or something. And I was just like we get the point as the audience now. Um, surely they get the point as the people doing this. Like, why are they still driving? They stay spectacularly calm as well about the fact they just t- go around and circles and just come all over circles. They were they driving around to keep coming back up to the same door over and over and over again. I'm not sure how many times you would do it before you just freak out and just the whole thing would go to pieces. But no, they absolute zen like levels of calmness from those families. Yeah, and they did it twenty-seven times. <laughs> as uh, they did, that's what she said. Susan, is it Susan? Yes, yeah, Susan goes twenty-seven times. We've tried to get out of this place. I'm like, why are you counting? First of all, would you count? No, I wouldn't be calm enough to count. I will say though, just sidetracking. Once I went to skate desk with my sister and like my cousin and stuff and we were driving home and we, no matter what route we took, we ended up back at the same spot and we phoned my dad up and he would say, you have to go this way. And no matter what we did, we ended up back at the same roundabout for like 27 times. It wasn't 27, but it was like three. We too have a story like that. Well, when we went to go pick up our dog, Willie or William, if you don't want to be crude, um, yeah, he nodded. He actually just nodded. He went, yeah, William. We couldn't find this place. So we literally kept going around. My dad kept going around in a loop trying to find it. And it turns out that they changed the road at some point, hadn't they? Or they cut something off. So it was still on a map as being accessible, but it actually weren't. So we thought we were going out of our heads. We weren't. Even putting a camera in with us for that hour or so trip round in circles around Stocksmith Bypass would... It was... And all the drama, we kept going around in circle, we kept getting lost. There was arguments. <laughs> and the thing is, as well, Stocksbridge Bypass is reportedly haunted. So, I mean, do you want to talk about that for the next 40 minutes? Because I can. I know everything no, about Stocksbridge we'll, Bypass. We'll do a special episode, maybe, oh, at some point, without me and Mercer here. We'll just put record just me on me going through it by myself. Have you noticed that every time we do a film that we don't really like, we just completely go away from the film? Not even, like, close to it now. Stocksbridge Bypass. 
nothing to do with this film. Get back on track, Fear. Better story. Yes. Just saying. Anyway, so they go around in, they go around around in circles. Can't get can't get out the property. And then they accept that they can't get out and go into the house and they find these weird tins of what I'm assuming it. And I see them as chili beans, but I'm sure they're not chili beans. They're, it's stew, it's like stew and steak. Right, okay. So yeah, like yeah. They, as you say, they find they find these. They also weird, weirdly find stuff like shaving foam and stuff upstairs. And we find out fairly swiftly after this that we're actually in a time loop situation. They get up the next morning and the meal, the cans that they've eaten the day before, I remember replacing the cupboard, the shaving foam is back on the side as it was again. So we see him running upstairs 27 times. And yeah, and we're... Chilling 27 times. Yeah, and weirdly, the, the thing... The annoying thing is, it's like, only certain things get reset. So, like, the food gets reset and the shaving foam gets reset. Other other stuff, that everything else they've done, no. Be it shaving, no, they still have to shave. They're still growing older while in this. It's not like... it's There's inconsistencies over what actually does reset and what yeah. doesn't. And all I say, and all, all I say here watching this going, oh, Benson and Moorhead do such better. Yeah. Time, time slipping, time circling horrors. So we should have picked one of them. Well, it was randomly generated. It was randomly generated. So, as you said, we get all these resets and then we get the beautiful, beautiful moment of one month later, pop up on the screen. As you can imagine, I was fucking fuming. Why? Why do they feel like honestly, like how stupid the uh, directors and writers think we are. Like just repeat a few days. We don't need to see like one month later. It's because it felt like one month later. That's why it was to put you in the moment, and it did. It worked. It worked a treat. Should probably mention as well during this month they've been there. We've had very spooky, spooky, very spooky sightings crop up. As we've been going along. Well, it's a guy. No, there's been various ones. We've had the mother and kid. We've had the dead wife. We've had the weird girl as well. We've had a lot of different ghostly images, all mostly all linked to their past and what they've done as well, as far as I'm aware. Yes. So this film decides that it's going to have some kind of uh, reasoning behind why these people are here as well. So we discover that the dad of the daughter, I can't remember his name, not important to me, Charlie, um, helped foreclose the house and have the people who lived in the house evicted. So it makes sense for that family to be there, right? Because, you know, he's done something bad to them. So so really, really this is actually a scathing scathing indictment of the American housing system. Who who knew? Exactly. Um, And we also get... Like, when you talk about ghosts popping up, I think my favourite ghost who, who, who recurs quite a lot is the emo, prepubescent kid ghost. Our little emo kid. Yeah. He's, like, pathetic. Not e- emos aren't pathetic. Let me clarify just that emo ghost child. I would have loved it if you kept popping and going, emo never died! <laughs> and just runs off. <laughs> popping out from behind, from behind the door frames. Where are you? <laughs> Just gets an earworm, just sticks, sticks in their head. Every time they just alone in the room, just goes, boom. 
So I just want to talk about inconsistencies again. I know we just covered like how things reset, or, like the food and stuff like that. Apparently, the other guy's cigarettes reset because he's only gone out to look at houses, and a month later, he's still got a packet of fags that he keeps sparking up. I mean, we find out later he doesn't because no, he gets off. He really he runs out and gets some ghost fags. Oh, I don't even, like, we're not even there. I don't even understand the doppelganger part. No, me neither. Why? Not a clue, mate, not a clue. There are a lot of it that confused me. The doppelganger situation where, you know, rape is boy. The doppelganger, he's watched watched The Shining before he went out of the film that day. He's like, right, okay, here we go, get these in. Or he watched the Drew Barrymore, excellent doppelganger. doppelganger. I'm not, I'm not having that, Chris. So, yeah, we've got this doppelganger crazy shit, and we've got, like, all these ghosts of, like, reasoning. So we have them... Um, and this part is quite cool, actually. The daughter, the dead daughter of... Um, I'm shocking with names for this film. I really should have paid more attention to this. The dead daughter of the mum of one of the family members. Yeah, the dead daughter of the mum from the mum of one of the family members rocks up. And um, she convinces her to kill herself. I actually think that's quite a little bit twisted and and quite an interesting maybe take on the, the child coming back because you don't expect him to be like, kill yourself to join me. You expect no. him to be like, live your life, be free. That's Leslie, isn't it, who kills herself? Because yes. to, to be fair, at this point, we have had, obviously, with them being all shit in the house and it being locked in there or as such for an area being confined, they do start clashing and arguing amongst each other. And we have Susan, who's the the new wife, wife Mark II, who is constantly picking away at Leslie. So a little bit of tension there and a little bit of kind of argumentative nature there, mm-hmm. which goes some way in the how the events spiral after Leslie's suicide. Who gets the blame for it? Susan is probably one of the most unlikable characters, and I don't understand why they made her so unlikable. It just feels a bit unnecessary. <laughs> but yeah, when Leslie kills herself, I actually quite like that moment. That, that sounds terrible. I like that scene because it's the start of, like, it's actually genuinely the start of seeing, like, a proper breakdown between everybody. As in, you know, we now know that, you know, these people are starting to genuinely lose it. I mean, seeing ghosts and stuff, that don't mean they're losing it, but actually taking her own life. Um, and it's quite upsetting. I don't like, though, the way that the way that the sun acts. I don't like the sun in the film either. Jason. The, the rapist kid. Yeah, the rapist kid. Mm. But again, what we then learn as well is that he... So Jason's got a broken leg, which we never discuss, which slowly heals, and it can hardly walk on it, but it can jump on it. It's fine. But we discover that the reason he broke his leg was through a car car bleh, through a car accident where he told his parents he'd hit a deer, but in reality he hit a woman um, and left her to die. That's the ghost that he sees, which is the victim of his hit and run. Um, right. What doesn't make sense is... 
the way he's so aggressive about how she deserved to die. Poor woman did nothing except go running at night time. Because she, she, she didn't want to be raped. That's why she deserved to die in his eyes. I don't think it was attempting to rape her. I think she just ran oh, over accidentally there. I'm sorry. After after I saw what he tried to do to the other ass, I just assumed he was like a serial rapist. No, he just, she's out jogging at night and he just hits her. Yeah. Or maybe it means like she deserves to die because she'll put herself in danger or whatever. But, you know, act it that way. That's his whole... His whole actual reason is just she was jogging at night. So obviously, obviously you go jogging at night, you expect to get hit by a car. It's way easier. Well, look at what happened in Signs. The same thing happened in Signs. She went out for a walk at night and bam, gets hit by a car. So no exercise after 7pm. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe that's what should be avoided. I think it is. It's enough for me not to want to do it. I'm taking that as my life lesson from this film. Do not exercise ever. But then what we also learn is the woman who he killed was the wife of the ghost man from the people who got evicted from the house. These families have been brought to this house on purpose. Yeah, This is a key point in the film. We now know that the only reason they're there is because they wronged the people in that house. Yeah? No, not wanting to jump to the end, but when we, when we, when we have the next set of families turn up, how many family members have been ran down jogging from this household? Also, why the girl with the no tongue? What did her family do to deserve to be at that house? It's like this guy went, I need a reason to bring them here. Completely forgetting he's already brought one family here and he's going to bring some more at the end. They're in, they're in the restaurant where she ate her soup too quick and then her tongue had to be removed and she sued successfully, which led to them having to foreclose on the house. It all ah. together. There you go. You know you have a real problem when you script when I can write it. <laughs> so that's the end of the film, is it? No. No, no, it's not It's not even ended. It's not ended. I don't know why we Let's keep doing this to about. ourselves. Every every three weeks. I don't know why we keep doing it. For fun, Fair. For fun. Um, so Leslie's killed herself and then her husband Dan starts to like lose his mind and he's convinced that ultimately the idea is, I don't know where they get the idea from, but the idea is only one family can leave. You yeah. know, one person rather than one family? No, one family. Right. One family, does it, one family keeps the house, one family one can leave the house. house. Uh, so Dan's like, we're definitely leaving this house, no matter what. And then he starts to lose his mind a little bit and, like, threaten these other people. Ties them up. Ties them up. Believes his son. Didn't try to rape anybody. Right. We're jumping all over the place on this. It doesn't matter. But because... Because... Yeah, it's a time loop loop film. We're just starting again and just working our way back through. Anyway, when he attempts to rape her, the reason she's out there in the first place is she somehow worked out that walking backwards from the house will allow you to actually leave this time loop thing. Oh, Lord. Did anyone see anything in there whatsoever that explained why this is the case? The jigsaw. 
Oh, fuck off. <laughs> right, that jigsaw. That jig, no, I've got something to say here. I've not said a lot, but I've got commentary on this, you mother fudgers. So are you telling me? <laughs> she, so she starts putting together this jigsaw, and this jigsaw is like 80, 85% done before she gets a piece and goes, oh, and she sees herself in the jigsaw. You didn't see yourself in that jigsaw 10 minutes ago. <laughs> It'd be much better if they'd have gone... She'd have got like the ninety-eight percent done. She'd put the last two, put the last two pieces in. It pans round us, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally the South Park scene of turning your hand around. Yeah. <gasps> but as, even though, even with that jigsaw, then where it's just her, her standing face in the house. Who looks at that and goes, "Oh, it must mean I need to walk backwards while, reci- while reciting some nursery rhyme." What the fuck was that poem? I don't know. I've got nothing more to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was it? And how good is her memory to have read it once and then like walk backwards and just recite it all the way through? As I say, I, I had no idea how you get from seeing that jigsaw and going, yeah, I need to walk backwards through the woods to, to leave the place. And why that, would, why that would work, why in any way, shape or form, that would be something that would cause this to happen. Also... After she realised that worked, why didn't everyone just walk backwards? Like, why did, why did they wait for, like, another 40 minutes of the film before, before one of them went, I'm going to attempt what you did and walk backwards? Don't get it. She, could, she didn't even explain it to that kid adequately enough. She literally just said to him, I can, this is a potential way out. He might not have done what he did, but he did what he did. You know what she did. We are at that point now, right? The dad's saying we're the only family that's getting out of here. And he ties the other people up. His son, having unsuccessfully tried to, you know, penetrate somebody, was pushed back onto a a branch that pierced through him. So now he's getting tetanus or whatever. And that's settling (laughs) in. Well, it does to me. It it gets fucking ill real quick. All all those people who have been impaled on stuff. Or is she in the hospital who died of tetanus? Well, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It, whatever. Well, it's got infected anyway. Something's happening to it. And then the dad ties them all up, stop and leaving, saying, we're going to be the only family and all that kind of bollocks. Um, and then is this when he has the conversation with himself? Or is that happened yeah. already? We have two. Cause we have No, that's already happened. Because he said, because when he goes out before, he says, look, I've got a hunch that they know they're working against you and they know what's going on, which is why he goes back and he gets the daughter to tell him. Yeah. Something happens for him to have a change of heart. I don't know what it was. I can't remember what it was. He walks backwards and realises that that's a way to escape. Right, okay. He picks that mail up and he goes, you know, I think think his plan is, let's just try it. Yeah. And then Susan thinks that he's going to kill her more. Which is quite a... Yeah quite a rational thought because he's told them that they're the his family is the only family that's getting out. He's tied them up. He comes back into the house. He's got the gun. Oh, he opens a blade. Yeah. So she runs in and hits him with an axe. And then her husband and the stepdaughter treat her like she's a piece of shit. And they're like, can't believe you did that. You've just killed someone. It's like, after, like he's literally presented the fact that he's going to kill that entire family so they can escape. I feel, I feel like gonna... out of this whole film, Mercy, you're rooting for this evil stepmom more than anyone. 
I feel like you're thinking she's got a bad rep. My my perception of her changed through art. So at the start, I'm like, what a C-U-N-T. But then when they all turn against her for protecting them, I'm like, I don't understand. Don't understand. You and us both. But yeah, so yeah, like I said, when, when he gets unalived. Um, <laughs> unalived? <laughs> I'm so, I'm, honestly, I watch TikTok so much. I say that now, it's ridiculous. It's like, because you can't say committed suicide or killed or died or anything like that. So they have to say unalived for it to get past censors. I'm assuming. Right. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> so once he's been, he's been unalived. Yeah. Then rapey son battles with the other dad with the over the gun, mm-hmm. which is shows how spectacularly weak of a dad is because this kid's di- infected dying. and dying and lost 18 fights of blood. Can't even wrestle a gun off Can't him. Can't wrestle a gun off him, no. But wrestle it, he does. He does. And then things get even more batshit crazy by him chasing out his daughter and weird tongueless kid. So before he does that, though. This is another thing that baffles me. So, right, we've learned, the daughter's learned walking backwards helps them escape. Dan's learned walking backwards helps them escape. They still don't all walk backwards to escape yet. In fact, they're in the house for about 20 minutes before she's fishing through the trash to find some food because they're starving. They've eaten every day. In in defence of the film... I don't think that walking backwards is essentially meaning they'll escape. From what I gathered, the more I don't know if you guys did, the more people died, the stronger the connection got. So the more people that were killed off, the more easier it was to escape. So I don't, I don't think that they could escape until all but one person had died. Just one family. But yeah, then it goes back to crazy because the dad loses his shit then and um, freaks out at... The his wife, uh, be- oh, because we forgot, um, they got to get some food, and all the food's gone. And then she's fishing through the trash to find food, and then he's had a- having an argument with his wife, and she lifts her coat up because she's leaving. You know, after like two, three months of being trapped in this house, she's now decided I'm leaving, and you can't stop me. Um, and she picks her coat up, and all the food's underneath the coat. She's got no idea why it's there. Um, and he picks a can up and beats the shit out of her with it. While his daughter and um, tongueless girl watch on in horror. I love this scene because they're stood with <gasps> these screams from her. He comes downstairs covered in blood and she's like, what have you done? Have you killed her? Like, no. No, I've not. No. Because you can't kill someone with CGI blood. Just like that, be known. Oh my god, that's it was CGI blood. It was my pet peeve of any film is CGI blood. I hate it with a passion. Yes, especially in a film like this, like that's not like high art or high concepts. It's like you know, it would have just been just as simple to squirt some fake blood. Probably cheaper as well. It's probably cheaper to do CGI, I think, because you don't have to, like, have a clean-up and stuff like that, and you don't actually need... I don't know. Probably would have just been cheaper to just actually hit her on the head without in a suit. I don't know. I don't care. You love this film, Faith. Um, as you said, though, Chris, Dad goes back to crazy, decides to chase his daughter 
and um, tongueless girl. I don't think she ever gets a name. She probably does, but I can't remember it. Uh, through don't uh, instantly turns against the father. You know, he's killed the woman that she fucking hates, uh, but she instantly turns against him. The father's all like, you know, only one family can escape, and she's not part of the family. So we need to get rid of her. Mm. Logical. So he does. And he does kill her. And in, in the ensuing scramble, the daughter shoots him. And immediately drops the gun, like you do. But as soon as she does, it's right. As soon as he dies, he goes, can you hear that or whatever? No, as soon as the girl dies, he's like, can you hear that? She shoots him. She escapes. Or does she? No. I think it's taken back. No. Yes, <laughs> taken back to the house by another family who's Again. to these people. It's that, it's that ghost, though, isn't it? That's the thing, because it's the ghost of the guy who shoot, who blows his head off with a shotgun. Who they see in the diner originally, and he turns up as probably called the malevolent entity in this house, because he is the one who is everywhere. He turns up in most most of the uh, scenes with a doppelganger. He plays a doppelganger. He is everywhere. But it also causes an annoying thing where if these ghosts can just grab hold of people anyway and just kill them because he grabs her and the one that the rapey son ran over kills him on the couch, then what's the whole point of having to force them to kill apart from the say, okay, well, you have, you've done these things, therefore you have to pay, you have to struggle, you have to be tormented over it. Just, no. Mm, no. I mean, I will say, I do, I did quite like the ending, as far as endings go, like, you know, it was, it wasn't, don't get me wrong, by no means did I not expect that ending. Like, I fully expect, as soon as she escaped, I'm like, well, we know what's happening here. Like, it's pretty obvious, because it's what happened to the other girl. It's just the standard, like, but I did kind of like the fact when the little kid were like, she's come back, and he just grabs her and cuts her tongue off. I'm like, that's quite nice, as an ending. And then Actually, you yeah. to just end there, I mean. Okay, yeah. Quite nice. Oh, God. Yeah. Then it ends. And the closing song over credit isn't, isn't that bad, so that's nice. In my opinion, like, if we'd have trimmed quite a lot of the middle of this film out, like a lot of the repetitive stuff, it might have, like, hit its points a lot better. But it just took too long between, like, its kind of, like, key moments to keep you interested. Whereas, you know, if it had just trimmed a lot of that fat off, maybe you'd, you know, might have felt a little bit better. Maybe. 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 We'll never know. Unless it has a recut. We will. I'm going to recut it. I'm going to cut its tongue right off. Uh, I'm not. Anyway. It's so done. We've done... Indeed. Like, another prime scene, Phil. <laughs> another one. The wrong house. Fucking hell, it was the wrong house. <laughs> Apt. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that the films we watch on Prime aren't as high quality as I'm meant <laughs> to believe. I, no, who, who knew? Who knew that when you knock out 5,000 films a week... Some of them won't meet that high quality standard. Yeah. Anyway, as it's us picking grades, we have all scored the wrong house. Mercer, would you like to reveal what score it has actually received? So I can reveal that the wrong house 
comes in with a grade F, better than I expected. <laughs> I feel we've been, gener- we've been generous on the grading. Yeah. We grade on a curve. Catches on the right day. It did, clearly. Clearly. We just didn't want to think about it, so we just grabbed the first grade that came to mind. I mean, to be fair, it's like a very low F. Like it could have been a U. But yeah, it comes in with an F. Which means, like, that's an average grade in, like, old school GCSEs when we... <laughs> How dare! Average film! I was an, an ABC girl! How dare! So, just on my way out the door of this, we're out the door of the wrong house. Would you like to give us one sentence just to sum up your wrong house experience? Mercer, I'll go to you first. Um, my one-line review is... Um... <laughs> there we go. I was going to say anything else. Bye. Long. Long. There you go. And mine is, it's the wrong house, grab it. That's more than one word. One line review. Oh. I'm going by one. If you listened, you'd have known it was one line. Anyway, thank you everyone for joining us for what has been a particularly that episode of Privacy and Investigation. I promise we will be doing something much more fun. More to come in about 30 seconds, just after I let you know that, firstly, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on both Instagram and Twitter at SpitGraves, where I spit on your grades on Facebook, or if you want to email us for any reason, you can reach us at electricpossums at gmail.com. We're available on all your fab podcast providers this is Spotify Podchaser Acast although Acast is closing down at the end of this month so we won't be on Acast much longer Spotify Apple and the like I'm sure whatever provider you're using you'll be able to find us and please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe because every little bit does help although I saw I know I've been calling the South Korean the reach across the divide to North Korea. But as a Liverpool fan, Sun, the South Korean, scored against us last night, so I no longer have any love for the South Korean people. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're great. And to be fair, he's just, doing his, he's just doing his job. So you might want to retract that. No. <laughs> they're great. And please, reach across the divide. Reach across that northern wall. Tell them about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Before we go... There's just a small business of what we're doing on our next week's episode. We are mixing things up again somewhat. I know, obviously, normally we just do our, we do our fab horrors. We've fab. been fab. I'll use that word. It's fab. Fab horror. John Favreau horrors. John Favreau horror. Our fab horror. Occasionally, occasionally we wander into non, non-film. This week's episode coming up. We're going all TV, yes. all the time. Yes, we are. Because hot on the heels of the news that Inside Number 9, the brilliant Rishi Steve Pemberton BBC2 show, is being remade for US audiences. We are going to bring you our favourite Inside Number 9 episode. Yes, we are. That is not to say that we don't love them all, because we do, one of us especially me loves them all um but there are special ones there are 
And to be fair, they're not all horror-based inside number nine episodes. No. So there may be some surprise. We might end up picking all horror. We might end up picking no horror. Mm. But we will definitely be talking about inside number nine and our favourite episodes, which... I imagine it could be a long, long episode. <laughs> Why long are you episode. looking at me when you say it could be I, a long I love episode? Inside, I love Inside Number Nine. I'm just, I'm just warning our listeners, pencil in five, six hours to sit down. Look, and have a, don't, don't, listen. don't, you know, shame me for being passionate about something. Don't passion shame me. Mercer, did you have something to say? I was just going to say, like, when, when you uh, suggested this, I took a quick look at the series again, like, didn't watch it, just, like, looked at the episodes, and I realised it's quite difficult to pick one favourite. It is. How many favourites are we picking? Just one. One. Just one, but we can discuss other episodes as well. Um, and as someone who I literally, the other day, finished the entire Inside Number Nine series again, um, I can tell you that some of them do hit different on a second or third watch. Ones you might have maybe mm. dismissed a bit too easily uh, are actually fucking great. Are you talking about that slapstick com- comedy one? No, I'm, I'm saving it. Uh, I'm saving it for uh, the episode. No, so yeah, don't, don't start giving away the file now. Wait, people will have to wait. <laughs> you don't get you don't get this tits all next week. <laughs> people will have to wait for the episode to come out. We will do our one our one favorite each, and if there is time, I may allow you to. Okay, ruminate slightly over previous episodes. It's going to be a five-hour-long show. We know it. One of us has to take a draw. But anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, Mercer, for being here, as always. Oh, thank you. Thank you for... (laughs) I thought you were going somewhere with it, Chris. Mercer take a spectacularly long time off. I know you're just judging. You're like, I've just seen this film. Am I thankful I'm here? Am I thankful I've actually turned up? He's doing the acting style of the kid in the film where it took him an hour to react to something. Indeed. And you, Faye, thank you very much for you being here, I suppose. Oh, I thank you very much. But thank you, as I say, for listening. We shall see you next week with our Inside Number 9 special. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.